Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Mecham's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairground. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Mecham experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Mecham.com. Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline from the Indianapolis Star. We're getting closer and closer to the start of the college football season. Raring to go, he is, I'm sure. Zach Osterman of the Star is with us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. I'm going to ask you the dreaded IU football question, as I always do to start the season. Are you ready? <laughs> I suppose. Ready as I'm going to be. What, uh, what would be your before the first game, before the first week is here, prediction what are you thinking about with this group of tom allen as we speak right now i think um you know provided that the maybe if, if, if i'm if people want a, a an optimistic tone i'll give them a cautiously optimistic one which is if the vegas over under still three and a half wins which i think is what i saw kind of going back i haven't looked in a while but what i saw going back in the spring and summer i would probably I think I would confidently take the over there. Now, I can't – like, how far over, I'm, I'm still not sure. I do think this team is better in some key areas. Um, I think it's better on the offensive line. I think it's it's noticeably at least bigger and more athletic on the defensive line. Of course, that usually translates to better. Um, there are some obvious holes that, you know, still give me pause, not least quarterback, but I'd also say secondary, which – has been such a staple of Tom Allen's best defense is good, experienced secondary. This one is is a, a real question mark kind of as a whole group right now. Um, there's questions about a lot of different skill players, certainly outside the running back room. But I, I do – I would say this team has looked better to me and maybe a little bit more complete to me in what we've been able to see at fall camp uh, so far than what I expected. I'm still not, you know, in a place where I'm going to say, oh, yeah, get your bags packed for a, you know, a bowl game in December. It's uh, Zach Osterman, the star, with us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group Pylon. I'll get to the quarterback situation and your thoughts in just a second. But you know, you were talking about the skill position players. And even before I get to that, what, in your opinion, has the looks of this offensive line, which has just longstanding been a significant issue for any really IU team offensively? What, um, what, what gives you pause to think that things could definitely be better with that group this year? Well, I, I'd say a couple of things. First of all, I don't mean to sound flippant with this. I, I, I don't think it could be a heck of a lot worse. There's no doubt about that. There's the <laughs> no doubt. And, and like I said, I'm, I'm not, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying. That's not a one liner. I just, when you kind of consider obviously results, but even just looking at basically sort of matching personnel to what Indiana's been trying to do offensively, it just doesn't feel like that has jived really at all over the last two years. Um, we can even go back to that 2020 season, and I could point out maybe some flaws, although obviously that was the COVID year, and there was a lot that was weird about game prep and things like that. Um, I do think Bob Bostad makes a big difference. Obviously, he's got NFL pedigree, and he also had a ton of success at Wisconsin. I think it's fascinating that he's, you know, I think it's obviously that the big, maybe the headline on his resume was, He's the offensive line coach at Wisconsin, and yet he spent some time as inside linebackers coach at Wisconsin and seemed to excel there as well. That just sort of tells me that he's a good coach, essentially, that he's just somebody who connects with players and gets the best out of players regardless of where they are. Um, and the other thing that I'm curious about, and, and you know, listen, time will tell on this, 
Indiana had some success going to still running out of the air raid, still running spread tempo, but running some shotgun-based option concepts with Dexter Williams last season, obviously before Dexter Williams got hurt. Now, Dexter Williams will not be the starting quarterback week one. We don't know exactly when in the season he'll be cleared. But I do think in either Brendan Sorsby or Taven Jackson, Indiana still has a quarterback athletic enough to keep some of that stuff if it wants to. And I think it probably does want to when you look at those skill positions and you realize running back is the most proven and productive room Indiana's got right now. Maybe the season, maybe it doesn't end that way. You know, maybe maybe it's not that way by the end of this season. But right now when you look at Josh Henderson, obviously Jalen Lucas, Christian Turner, even some guys behind them like Trent Howland, that is probably – the skill position room that you feel most confident about in terms of what guys have proven they can do at the college level. So I think you need to find ways to make the most of that group as well. And if you can do that effectively, you know, runs again, some of that option stuff, maybe even some two back stuff that does take some pressure off your offensive line. That does let your offensive line get around a little bit, move in space a little bit and, and not, you know, just sort of have to stand there and, and just, just hold back the tide. If you understand what I'm saying. So if they can do it well, I think that they can block it, you know, well enough. And I'm not talking, you know, I know people are going to say, well, it's Ohio State week one. How do you think that'll go? Listen, they only play Ohio State once. And, and, and you know, I, I've heard people who said, you know, you think Indiana's worried about, you know, losing big to Ohio State. Could that hurt their confidence? It's like you only play Ohio State one time. You only play Michigan one time. I'm often reminded of, uh, I'm sure you know Mark Deal as well, a story Mark Deal loves to tell about how Indiana lost by 41 points at home to Ohio State the year that they won the Holiday Bowl. So the point is, there have been plenty of seasons where Indiana took its lumps against good Big Ten teams and still found a way to be successful overall. I think it's going to be a question of whether that offense can be up and humming by the time you play a Louisville, a Maryland, a Rutgers, those kinds of games. Uh, Zach Osterman, the star, covers the Hoosier programs down in Bloomington. He's with us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. Jalen Lucas, you brought up. What's a reasonable set of expectations production-wise for the the IU skill position whiz, obviously, that probably can do a lot of things, and I'm assuming probably will get the opportunity to do a lot of things? That's an interesting question because, you know, I mean, he's talked about the guys that he studied in the offseason. You mentioned Tavon Austin, uh, Anthony Thomas, Deuce Vaughn, who, who was just at Kansas State. Um, at the same time, I think Tom Allen rightly has said, and of course he's not going to share this, but he's essentially got kind of a pitch count in his mind with Jalen Lucas in the sense that even if you, you know, even if you could be guaranteed he's healthy, if you use Jalen to Lucas too much within a game, you lose the explosiveness. You know, if you're, if he's touching the ball too often, you're wearing him down. He loses that, that first step, that acceleration, that burst away from players. Now I'm not saying Indiana is only going to give him the ball 12 times a game, but if you want him to return kicks and you want him to return punts and you're going to have him out at wide receiver some, then you need to be careful that, you know, you don't let those snaps kind of add up without thinking about it. Because there can be some games where you have, their, have him back there returning kicks, but he doesn't return a single kick because the, the, the other team just kicks away from him every time. Or you can have him back there returning punts, but he doesn't return a single punt because, I don't know, the other side's got a good punter. Maybe they got a bad punter and it only goes 35 yards every time and he, he fair catches everything. Um, I think – what would be interesting, I mean, number one, I think if you're Indiana, you, can, you can't in this day and age expect kickoff returns for touchdowns just because so often guys don't get the opportunity to. But I think you can expect the same explosiveness in the kick return game, maybe a little bit of in the punt return game, though obviously that's a slightly different skill set that I think Jalen Lucas is still learning. I think what else you probably can expect is a little bit more 
diversity in, you know, if, if you look at his, his stats last season, obviously he had some really good numbers running the football. He had some really good moments. You know, I mean, he, he had, I think he had 100 yards in the Purdue game. He had a couple 70-plus yard touchdowns or 60-plus 60, 60 yard touchdowns. He finished the season with 271 rushing yards. He only finished the season with 82 re- receiving yards. That's where maybe I think you see a little bit more on the rushing side, but also more on the receiving side. I don't know that that's necessarily four verts with Jalen Lucas going over the top, but maybe it's more screen concepts. It's more just kind of quick throws to get him the ball out in space and stuff that Indiana's had success with in the past under other offensive coordinators. And again, that's not just down to Jalen Lucas. You got to have an offensive line that can block it. Quite frankly, you got to have wide receivers that can block it. And, and that's something that probably that wide receiver group has to prove. But I do think maybe it's, it's, you know, kind of a baseline of a lot of the stuff we saw last year, adding in not a thousand yards receiving, but enough from an impact perspective receiving to make him an even more well-rounded threat, as long as you can keep him healthy and as long as you can kind of keep that, that explosiveness, which is where it goes back to what Tom Allen talked about at Big Ten Media Day, having that sort of touch count in his mind to make sure you're not overusing him and wearing him down. All right, Zach, get to the quarterback question. In your opinion, who is uh, who's going to be the starter? Who deserves to have that, that position right now? And give me some differences uh, between the two front runners that you have witnessed so far and, and certainly talked to Tom Allen about to this point. Yeah, I will take the uh, the cop-out answer. Oh, no. Oh, no. Don't do that. In what we've seen, I don't know that I can separate them fully yet. And obviously that also goes without saying. There's a lot we don't see. And there's, you know, again, like, for example. Will he play two? I don't think, no. He's never really really shown an interest in playing two. The only time he really did that was just to give Michael Penix kind of some bits and pieces his true freshman year, obviously, before his, his first ACL tear. He's never – Tom Allen has, you know, had – I mean, let's be honest about it, you know, probably four or five true quarterback battles in seven seasons at Indiana, and he's never gone with a true rotation, a true sort of like it's this guy this series, it's that guy that series. He's always wanted there to be one guy. I think there's some questions that the staff won't answer around things like, for example, how much do you need this quarterback to be good in designed quarterback running situations, whether it's – you know, tuck and draw, or it is some kind of option concept like we saw Indiana move toward with Dexter Williams last season. I think that if you talk about differences between the two, I think there are moments where Brendan Sorsby looks a little bit better in the pocket. I think there are definitely moments where Taven Jackson looks better on the run. I think you're also, and this is not a knock to Sorsby because I think he's athletic enough, for example, to move around. I mean, like last season, just to, to use last season as a comparison, Connor Bayflack just was not comfortable running the football consistently. He'd do it every once in a while. He'd tuck, you know, when, when Indiana would run, you know, read concepts or option concepts, he'd tuck the ball every once in a while, but nearly always he left that ball in his running back's hands. I think both of these guys are athletic enough that they're not going to be afraid to pull it if they see the opportunity to get around the end and, you know, chug downfield, at least to the level of like a Peyton Ramsey, who was a very underrated running quarterback, you know, dual threat kind of quarterback. Um, but I do think Jackson is probably more athletic in that regard. The one question I have about any quarterback who has to do that kind of stuff is how good are they at protecting themselves? Because if you looked at Michael Penix, he was outstanding in the open field. You know, if, if you just had Michael Penix get around the corner and take off, he could cover ground fast. But Peyton Ramsey was probably better at protecting himself when hits came and understanding how to sort of, you know, how to dissipate contact, how to, maybe not take the brunt of the hit and therefore 
be able to take more of them across the course of the game. And we're not going to know that. Number one, we're not going to know if Indiana's going to need that at a quarterback, though I suspect they might, at least in some games. Number two, we're not going to know that until games come because obviously Indiana's not going to be live tackling quarterbacks in, in practice. Basically nobody does that. Um, so, I, I mean, I guess part of what might wind up, at least in my mind, deciding this quarterback race is as much what Indiana needs out of that player as it is sort of, you know, which one is the better this or which one is the better that. Right. It, it might wind up being one where there's a little bit of conversation about ceiling and does, you know, does this player have a, a brighter long-term future? But there might also be a, a, a real conversation about, well, this is what we think. We think that the offense as a whole can be more successful because of these skills this player has as opposed to that one. I guess if you want to use like sort of the video game terminology, if they were, if they're both given an overall rating, I don't know that there'd be much difference but I do think there would be enough difference in their skills and their traits that you might be picking one or the other based on what you feel like the offense gets out of that person's well, quarterback. And I, I was going to ask you this because th- that's a great point that you make and, and one that I was I was going to ask you, and I, I will now. Who do you think complements the skill position players? For example, you mentioned the running backs, but those – that wide receiver, who compliments you think that group and you know can get the most out of it from the quarterback position as we sit here and talk right now? Anybody stand out? Because I, I know this, Tom Allen had mentioned Sorsby has more of a ball placement accuracy, and then Taven is is certainly better and elusive out of the pocket and making plays with his legs. What is better for this offense, especially at skill position, with the quarterback in mind? I think I mean I'll always say that a place like Indiana is probably better with a, a guy that can hurt you with your legs. I mean, it's the old sort of, you know, coaching adage of if it's 11 v 10 because your quarterback can't run, then you're in a, you're already down in numbers. But if the quarterback can run, then technically it's 11 v 11 at every snap. The other part of this, and I keep coming back to this, and of course Indiana is not going to open up its game plan and just tell us everything it's going to do. But I am very curious about how much the quarterback is going to be involved in the run game this year based on, in particular, some of what we saw in the spring. Though spring ball can be vanilla, it can be experimenting. Sometimes there can be a lot of just sort of insulation. But even going back to what we saw Indiana moving toward with Dexter Williams last year, because I know when people see air raid, you know, labeled, slapped onto an offense, they think, oh, that offense won't run the football. That's that's throwing the ball 60 times a game. It's Mike Leach. It's, it's all over the place. There are plenty of coaches that run the ball really effectively out of the air raid. And if you talk to Walt Bell, who's Indiana's offensive coordinator, he'll tell you the air raid can be great to run the football out of because it's easier to block fewer numbers between the tackles. If, if you've got to block six on six, that's easier than blocking seven on seven or certainly eight on eight. And if the quarterback is going to be more involved in the run game, and again, we haven't seen quarterbacks go live. We haven't seen them get hit. So I don't want to sit here and say, oh, this guy is definitely better in the open field. I do feel like Taven Jackson has looked a little bit more comfortable in those kinds of situations. Again, it's kind of hard, too, because you can get situations, too, where they bring the referees in. They say, we're not going to hit the quarterbacks. And the referees blow the whistle really quickly when it's like, oh, you know, maybe he could have broken that tackle. Maybe he could have gotten away, that sort of thing. But I do feel like if, if that is going to be, if there's going to be some design quarterback run, some design quarterback sort of participation in the run game, whether it's a, you know, a two-man game or even a three-man game, because you want to get those running backs on the field, I suspect, then I think maybe that, that shades toward Taven Jackson as well. 
That's uh, Zach Osterman of the Star with us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. He covers IU sports. He's got us on the inside here of the football program. I know this is, I'm sure, commonly asked as well. Um, how warm is the seat? Hot is the seat? Blazing is the seat of Tom Allen with that football program going into this year? You know, I, I would say a couple things. Um, first of all, and, and I don't have the number right in front of me, people always want to ask about the buyout number. And, and what I, as, as time has gone on, and I guess my own thinking about these things has developed, because Lord knows whenever you pull up a new coach's contract, you look at their salary, their bonuses, their buyout, all that kind of stuff. What I tend to tell people, think about it less in terms of money and more in terms of protection. There's a certain amount of, of contract years where the buyout is friendly enough to the coach to basically be sort of, you know, to, to protect the coach in case things in case he struggles. And then there's a, a point in the contract where the buyout becomes friendly to the athletic department if it wants to move on. Um, Tom Allen's contract buyout is friendly to Tom Allen through the end of next season, the end of the 2024 season. So I think there's no. – I'm not going to sit here and say there's absolutely no chance of a coaching change this year if things just go really, really bad. But on the other hand, you know, let's say Indiana goes gets back to like a competitive five and seven, which it was his first two seasons in Bloomington. I don't think that's going to be something that that moves, yeah. you know, the needle in terms of, of making a change. The other thing I'll say, and I've always said this about Indiana, it was true under Fred Glass, and it's remained true, you know, to this point under Scott Dolson. Indiana is a place that is not necessarily overcautious. But it is, it is a place that wants to be patient. It is a place that doesn't want to gain a reputation for basically making knee-jerk decisions. Um, and I can, I mean, as somebody who grew up in Atlanta, I can find you a conference full of schools that make knee-jerk decisions all the time. Indiana doesn't, um, doesn't want to be that kind of athletic department very often. So I would, my read right now would be, and I've not asked anybody, and they, you know, I don't think anybody can give me an answer anyway because you never know what's going to happen. I don't think Tom Allen's in enormous jeopardy this year. What I would say is, for better or worse, and this is true of any program, but certainly any, you know, let's call it big program, revenue-generating program, basically football, men's basketball, at the right schools, women's basketball, you know, even a baseball, something like that, um, there can come a point where basically you're sort of playing for your fan base's trust. And if you lose it, or coaching, I guess, for your fan base's trust. And if you lose it, you may not really get the opportunity to get it back. And I suspect that might be a little bit more where Tom Allen is insofar as if he, if this program can't show sort of a, a tangible return, and I don't know what that looks like. Is it 6-6 six and six in a bowl game? Is it winning a bowl game? Is it a winning season? You know, is it 5-7, and seven, but they go 5-7 and seven and they beat Purdue and they beat, I'm just making this up, but like they beat Michigan at Michigan, something like that, something you can – sort of hang your hat on a little bit. I don't know. Um, I do suspect that if, if if Indiana can't put together that kind of season, then you might be in a situation where people start to switch off in a way that you can't turn them back on again. And that's, you know, that's, that's not necessarily um, the moment that a change happens, but it's, it's probably when it starts to feel like the, the clouds are building, if you understand what I'm saying. Uh, is, is, is there any juice around their, their ticket sales, at least from what we've seen? so far or what you've seen so far to start the season? You know, to be honest, uh, I'm not – I'm just going to tell you the, the Lord's truth here. I feel like people like me used to write season ticket sales stories, mm-hmm. and now – forgive me, those are my dogs. I'm not sure what's going on downstairs. <laughs> uh, and now they write 
now now we write nil stories. Sure. So I, I'll be honest, I have not. Well, and, and okay, let's one final question regarding that too. In, in terms of nil, and you can mention this for both programs we most talk about here, and that's obviously the men's basketball program and the football program. How has IU's department grown with that in mind? It's actually been very strong. Um, basketball has been good. I would say, you know, pretty much. Pretty much from the jump, as you'd expect, um, football undeniably lagged behind. I mean, I mean, in a, a pretty meaningful way. Um, but per my understanding, and listen, you know, Indiana has Indiana's partner collectives are Hoosiers for Good and Hoosiers Connect, and those are um, two collectives that that have made a real point not to be sort of too centered on one sport. You go to some other schools in the Big Ten, Penn State's had, at least from my impression with this, Penn State's had a ton of trouble with this. Um, basically, almost like bickering within the department because there's a feeling that certain certain sports aren't prioritized enough, certain sports aren't given enough resource, all those kinds of things. Um, but I will say within about the last 12 months, there has been a big push in that direction. And Tom Allen has not been afraid of saying that Indiana's in a better position than it used to be that he thinks that, you know, it, he, he wants to continue to see it move, obviously, as any coach would in a, in a positive direction. Tom Allen's even come as far out as saying he thinks that not only is revenue sharing kind of where college athletics is going, but that he'd like to just go ahead and get there. Um, he'd like to be able to see, he thinks that athletics departments should be able to put money directly into name, image, and likeness, not just sort of have these, these relationships with collectives, and the collectives are the ones that facilitate, you know, deals and things like that, but the you know, the, 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 the department can be much more directly involved in that stuff. Um, so Indiana has gotten, I mean, I don't want to say Indiana has been at the cutting edge, but my impression is Indiana as a whole has been in a healthy position basically since the beginning of this. I think football has had to catch up, but I do think football has made up some ground. And again, that's another situation where, you know, and, and this is just becoming, and I don't think this will be a, a permanent state of affairs. I, I, I also think that we're probably moving towards some sort of revenue sharing model in college athletics eventually. But NIL has kind of become one of those things, too, where if you don't give your coach the support that they need, then the next, you know, and, and then that coach ultimately winds up failing to the point that you've got to make a change. The next coach is either going to need some real assurances or they're going to say, I'm not so sure this is the right place for me because you don't have those kinds of resources. So I think Indiana's got to keep moving in that direction. I think they want to keep moving in that direction. And it's just a question of kind of, you know, how the landscape changes and what you're able to do and, and just sort of, you know, essentially, I mean, for lack of a better term, just, you know, what resources you can, you can provide. So Zach Osterman of the star covers IU athletics, a little insight right there regarding NIL and that department down in Bloomington. And uh, we approach the start of the football campaign for Tom Allen and company. He's with us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. And we shall stay in touch and see what goes down. Get those dogs under control down there. Did you find out what was going on? Was there a prowler? Somebody sneaking in your house? No, there was just an Amazon delivery. So, always excited. Never a dull moment. That dude loved that. (laughs) My man, I appreciate it. Thanks for coming on. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. 
Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline from the Indianapolis Star, high school football-wise, nobody is more connected than Kyle Neddenrip, and I'm assuming excited, so we're less, a little over 24 hours away now from the start of the high school football season here in Indiana. How excited are you? Oh, very much. I can't wait to get started and see kind of all the the preview stuff, and you you talk to coaches, and you're working on stories and and doing stuff, and now you kind of get to see what happens on Friday, and got a chance to get out and see a little bit last Friday at a, went to a scrimmage cathedral in uh, Franklin Central, but, you know, it's hard to assess a whole lot from those, it's sort of like, like Bill Peebles said, it's kind of like a, a third or fourth NFL preseason game. You're, you're sort of, you know, you're, you're not playing your guy, your main guys the whole time or even close to the full time. So, uh, but yeah, tomorrow we kind of start finding out who's who and what's what, and uh, a lot of different games, I would say on the schedule uh, for week one this year. So that'll be, kind of fun and interesting and and then of course the center grove doesn't play until saturday so that'll be another uh game to watch obviously uh you know after the after the friday night slate is done so there's a lot lot going on and uh yeah i can't wait to see how it all starts to shake out and the scores start to roll in tomorrow night. It's a Kyle Neddenrip with us. So our first game here brought to you by CarX, CarX.com for the uh, one of the 14 locations nearest you. Our high school Friday night football game has Carroll at Hamilton Southeastern, which is a really good matchup, is it not? I mean, 1v5, I believe, according to the media in 6A to start coming up. Yeah, it's a four four versus five. The four AP, versus five. Yeah, for the, the AP poll, uh, something wrong with their system. They, I was told, or I think we're all of our vote, voters. Were oh, told, I see it. So I see it now. I'm sorry. You're right. It is four v five. Yes. Yeah. So, but yeah, anyway, that's yeah. That that mm-hmm. that is actually where I'll be as well, and I think that'll be a fantastic game. HSC has uh, a lot of talent back from last year. They were ranked number one last year going into that semi-state against Carroll uh, up in Fort Wayne, and they lost uh, sort of a surprising – I think most people probably thought HSC would get through at that point, and uh, they didn't. And uh, Carroll proved to be a, a really good team last year as well. And I like this uh, – you know, I like this, this – the Summit Athletic Conference up there in Fort Wayne has is, is kind of changed their format. So they now – they used to be locked into a – basically a full conference schedule the whole season. Now they have a couple non-conference games that they can play the first two weeks of the season. Uh, so we'll see. Carol, Carol's going to be playing HSC. They play Warren. Uh, next year they're playing Center Grove, uh, I think, for the next two years, actually. So, you know, they've got some games that I think will help them. and it, it adds a little bit of flavor, I think, to our area schedule, too. Uh, where you get to play those better Fort Wayne teams. You have Snyder coming down uh, to play Warren Central. So, you know, you have uh, Concordia Lutherans playing Cena. So you have some Fort Wayne Indian matchups that you didn't have in the past. And I think that'll be I think that'll be good for both sides. I like to see those Fort Wayne teams, too, uh, where you don't get to see them, you know, under the, under the previous, uh, you know, way it was. So, you know, Carroll's got a lot coming back. Their quarterback's back. Their, their top two running backs are, are back. Uh, HSC's got – Several guys back. Horse Styles Prescott is going to Notre Dame. Uh, Jalen Alexander, their their top running back. So, you know, it should be a really good game. HSC has a lot of momentum. I think a lot of uh, you know support. Their their school really uh, got behind that team last year, and it was it was kind of fun to see how 
you know, they kind of got got a lot of momentum going throughout the year. So we'll see if that carries over. I expect that to be a really good game. And, you know, I think that, that semi-state loss has kind of driven uh, HSE throughout the offseason. And, and, you know, we'll see if that pays off tomorrow. But I think it's going to be a really good game. I think a, a kind of a tone-setter type of game to start the season. So, Kyle, dead drip of the star via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline coming up tomorrow. It is Friday night number one, weekend number one now considering Center Grove's over in Ohio on Saturday, but it is a weekend number one of the high school football season. And, and correct me if I'm wrong on my memory here, um, but I believe I'm accurate about this. First game a year ago, and for example, Westfield seventh ranked in six A. New Pal is second ranked in four A. And Westfield a year ago went to New Pal, and that did not go over well whatsoever for the Shamrocks. If memory serves, little revenge opportunity for the Rocks at home coming up tomorrow night with a team that gave them a beating a year ago. Yeah, that'll be a really good game, really interesting game. I think uh, you know Westfield obviously they uh, you know took took it took it on the chin a little bit last year from, from new pal. And that was sort of a, you know, a new pal, uh, I don't want to say a revival, but the the previous two years weren't necessarily up to, you know, probably to what they'd been as standard wise under Kyle Ralph. So now, you know, that, that kind of uh, signaled that they were definitely back. And I think we'll see, you know, they, they do have some young pieces uh, on that, on that new pal team this year, but, you have uh, Ian Moore coming back on the line, who's going to Ohio State. You've got uh, Grayson Thomas, who's who's uh, you know had a knee injury last year, but has three thousand yard rushing seasons under his belt already. So he goes into you know he's fully healthy again uh, going into this year. And then Michael Thacker on the defensive line is only a junior, but you know he's got offers from Tennessee and all kinds of different places. So you know that's a that new pal team. I think they've definitely got the attention of Westfield and Westfield. You know, I would say they're kind of a, a team right now. After they went to the state championship back-to-back years and then uh, won another sectional last year and went eight and four, but then lost to HSC in the regional. And now probably goes in. I, we're probably not talking about them enough. I think they're going to be a really motivated team. I, I really like their running back they've got coming back uh, this year. Max Nossler, who's a who's tight end for them, really good player. Um, so I think that's a game I'm really curious to see if I could be another place. I'd love to see that game because I think it's going to be a really uh, a good battle. Um, you know, New Powell always, you know, you can't really say they surprise you anymore based on what they've done over the years with Kyle Ralph. But, you know, these games against 6A teams, you kind of expect, you know, they just don't have the numbers of, of a 6A of a team. But I've seen, seen them enough times to know, you know, what they're capable of doing. And, you know, they always seem to maximize – every square ounce of talent that they have. And, and uh, you know, we can't say enough about the the tradition they have going there. So you never count them out. Uh, I, I don't know if depth will, you know, factor in against them. Uh, you know, they're obviously not as big a school as Westfield. But, uh, but yeah, I think that's a really, really good game, interesting game. And, and uh, you know, I'm really curious to see, maybe more than any game, kind of how that one turns out tomorrow night. So Kyle Nettenrup, who's with us, obviously you look at 6A and, you know, at the start of the season, Senate Grove, Ben Davis, Cathedral, we mentioned Southeastern, uh, Carroll, Warren, Westfield, Carmel, Brownsburg, Fishers, the list goes on and on. And that's an incredibly tough core right there of talented teams. But outside of 6A, where do you see commonly the the most teams as far as a core of talent 
Is it uh, is it five A? Is it four A? Maybe even below. Where, where do you find really a lot of talent, and maybe even Kyle in this case, a lot of even talent as we start the season? Yeah, that's a good question. I would say you know we just don't have a ton of five A teams, just the way the way it uh, kind of you know in our area right now, just the way it kind of panned out. Uh, Cathedral moving up to six A, and, and uh, you know New Powell was in five A, moved back down to four A to their own you know, their own uh, classification enrollment wise. So, you know, we don't have a ton of five, a and Whiteland kind of took advantage of that last year and they had a really good team and uh, you know, were able to make it to the state finals, lost a heartbreaker to Valpo. But you know, I would, I would kind of look down, I think three, a this year, you know, when I looked at that, at that and did the previews, I still think Chittard is probably there. You know, they're the defending champ. They're the, they're the team to beat. Uh, but there's a lot of really good – there's a lot of teams that have a lot coming back in 3A. And Danville was a team – I'm pretty high on Danville this year. Uh, they've got a, a lineman, Evan Lawrence, who's going to IU. Uh, he was more of a basketball player growing up. Uh, didn't even play football his freshman year. And then, uh, you know, he's, he's now going to IU, had some other opportunities. And, you know, he, he's he's back. they got their quarterback back. they got a lot of really good pieces. They have, you know, kind of a tradition – of, uh, of good football they kind of fell off last year and then and then uh, won a couple sectional games uh before losing to monrovia but, but there's a lot of team you know not only that hamilton heights has a really loaded team this year uh they're in 3a they kind of have the unfortunate you know part of being in the same section with Chitar because they're really good this year but you know garen catholics and other you know ryan uh, zimmerman their quarterback is back from injury last year he's he's very good um, you know, so just a lot of teams that, uh, you know, Tri-West is another one that, you know, they did lose a lot on offense, but their defense is, is pretty loaded. Um, you know, Western Boone is always good under Justin Pelly. Uh, they did lose a lot and have a smaller senior class this year. But but uh, that class is probably the one when you're talking other than 6A, you know, that probably has the most uh, intrigue or the most teams with experience uh, coming back. I would say it's probably – you know, probably 3A this year. And, and you know, I, the 4A is pretty good, too. You know, Ron Colley and, you know, those, those schools that are always good, New Pal, um, you know, the 4A is always really quality and balanced in our area. Uh, but, yeah, East Central and 4A is going to be a handful. They're very good and have a lot coming back after their state championships. So I would probably give them a little bit of a nod in that class. But, uh, but yeah, I think 3A, 3A looks to be the kind of the best uh, – class to me outside of 6a at least from a you know overall you know balance standpoint o'neill cherry couple of quarterbacks right there what do we start as far as significant mr football options at the top of this list yeah those two are a good place to start i would say those those guys are are very good uh very poised uh now played in big games you know cherry last year we didn't know you know we just didn't know a lot he hadn't played he hadn't started and uh you know, all he did was go out and win a state championship. wasn't all him, but but he performed well uh, when the lights were on. And you know, I you know really like his uh, demeanor, like his ability. Um, you know, I think Center Grove they have such a strange season ahead of them. You know, with, with uh, playing all these out of state teams, uh, they're they're it's going to really test them. And I, I don't know if they're going to. You know, if they make it unscathed, you might as well hand them the trophy at the end of the regular season because it's uh, it's such a good schedule. Uh, tough schedule, but you know it's going to be interesting with with him and how you know they're able to navigate that, and then you know what the record is at the end of that season, and then but if they're they're holding the trophy at the end of it, I would think Tyler Cherry is going to be a big part of that. Uh, Danny O'Neill has you know even more um, 
you know, has more experience and, uh, you know, he's started since his sophomore year. Uh, His numbers overall are really, really good over his career. Um, So, yeah, those two, you know, there's, there's a, you know, you have some guys out of Fort Wayne, Bronte Johnson, who's going, you know, he's plays at Fort Wayne Northside going to Notre Dame. He's, exceptional talent uh mylon graham from new haven who's going to ohio state might be the the best overall prospect of anybody in the state uh but they just haven't won at a very high level so a lot of this comes down to you know are you winning at the end of the year are you are you getting on a stage where you know everyone kind of gets a chance to see you play um you know jalen alexander honestly from uh from hse is a guy that i think uh could you know he had about 1500 rushing yards last year and, and you know if they're have a similar season to last year and he does then i think he's a guy who could kind of play his way into uh into into the conversation at least so you know there's there's some good candidates out there it's it's i would say a little bit uh you know, wide open at this point, and and seems like I say that every year, but it does seem to be that way. There's just a lot of good candidates. It's a really strong senior class. There's, a, it's a really good quarterback year too. I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of really good quarterbacks right now for whatever reason. It's just, uh, it's, it seems like more than ever, uh, guys who are getting Division One uh, opportunities uh, more, more so than ever. So that's interesting to me too. But, but yeah, I would say, you know, the, the, if you're talking quarterbacks, those two are definitely two you would start with. So Kyle Nedrip of the star and the high school football season starts coming up tomorrow night. Where are you going to be again? I will be up at uh, Hamilton Southeastern and watch uh, Carroll and HSC play. Eric Moore's coming on at four thirty. You want me to ask him anything? Well, actually, I wrote about their program a little bit. I saw it. I saw it. Yeah. uh, Spent some time with them in July at their at their camp, and uh, you know, it's it's uh, when you go there and and see all that and and spend some time there, it's pretty obvious why you know they won three in a row, and it's not only that, but that that is a big reason. You know, they they he gets started early, and he spends a ton of time out there. You know, and and he kind of downplays that a little bit, but. You know, if you talk to anybody who's who's out there, you know he's he's there a lot. He enjoys being there, and it's important. And yep. and he's got a lot of guys who played for him who who run that uh, program. And you know, I know that's a it's a big reason why they have the success that they do is is the uh, the time and effort they pour into that Bantam program. Yeah, the uh, and and this is something that Brad Stevens way back in his days at Butler said everybody and I mean everybody has to push in the same direction and there is no greater example of that than what you get with that football program at Center Grove I mean absolutely everybody pushes in the same direction everybody yeah and I know he gets asked and I you know what do they do you know what do they do different or what do they do I mean that's you know and he and you can tell people, and there's no real secrets to it. It's just, you know, it's 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 what they do. He, he, there's people there who yep. who uh, he believes in, and uh, you know, and it's it's pretty. You know, they've got something special going. You don't just win three in a row just by doing it on Friday. There's just a lot of that goes into it, and you know, it's uh, it was interesting being there and seeing that because it does tell you a big part of the story. No doubt about that. It's Kyle Neddenrip of the Star via the Andy Moore Automotive Group Pileline. Hey, enjoy this opening Friday night, man. We'll catch up again soon, I'm sure. You, you bet. Thanks for having me on, John. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. 
Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Speaking of a winner, and especially in the last three seasons, friend of the show, head coach of Center Grove, as they embark upon what is a challenging schedule on Saturday over in Canton, Ohio. Eric Moore is with us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. You know, I feel really good about this. You want to know why? Why is that? Because I was in on the early stages. I actually saw the early stages, one of the first drafts of your schedule on a napkin. On a napkin. Well, yeah. I hope we play better than a team that draws up plays on a napkin. <laughs> I saw it on a napkin, and here it is right now. How you doing, Coach? Ah, just uh, excited to get the, the 2023 uh, season underway with the new-look uh, Trojan team and Central tro- Trojans, and just hoping we can uh, find that success uh, pill as, as we have in the past and uh, make everybody proud. No doubt. Champions in 2021 and 22. As you start the season over in Canton, we'll dive into that in just a second. How's, how's this team different in many aspects? And Eric, also, how's this team the same? You know, you got some guys coming back that are very talented too. How's the overall look going into this season for you right here well, as we start? Yeah, it, high school football, uh, every, every year is different. The teams are a little bit different because, you know, you don't get to recruit. So, when you lose one sector, you probably got a, another group of guys that have more experience that didn't have experience the last year. They got to play, so that's the way it is this year. Uh, we have a very talented quarterback, uh, five running five running backs. We're probably going to use none of them are, you know, the you know the best of the state, but they're really good five, and I think they're going to be really interchangeable. And people won't know what we're doing because one comes in, one comes out. I think our spread passing game is going to be excellent because we don't one because we can run the ball. Uh, I think our offensive line has come a long, a lot, a long way better than we thought going into the year was going to be. I, I, I feel a lot better about it. And then we switch over to defense. You know, we had some great losses over there, and we had some injuries in the off season that have just been just terrible for us. Uh, we lost Elijah Chandler, our starting uh, defensive tackle, coming back this year. So it's going to be a tough, a tough set for that. But I like my young D line guys. They remind me of our 2020 team, lean and long, and can run really fast. Yeah. I just hope if we can get them, you know, continue to get them stronger, they'll get faster, and we'll be able to pressure the pass. First time ever, I have two senior linebackers who have started, you know, uh, multiple starts. You know, Caden uh, McConnell has come back for his second year, great state runner-up wrestler, and uh, Owen Bright is a three-year starter. He's been in on all the all the candy, so yeah. he's got a lot of experience and toughness and. Uh, uh, and, and just a great athlete, so excited about that. And our secondary, our kids at uh, uh, Connor Cannon played a little bit last year, and Matt Soderdahl started last year. Uh, Brody Boswell is coming back as a, as a sub. He'll be starting this year, and uh, you know Ben Tapak fighting it out on the other side. So this should be a fun group to watch. Uh, move around a little bit, and uh, we can't. We're not going to be big enough to stand stand around and, and plug up holes. We're going to have to move and have a lot of different concepts, and we do right now. And probably got more in. And we've ever had uh, this early, 
because we have to with the team we're going to play. So Eric Moore, the head coach of Center Grove, going for a fourth straight. Again, that starts coming up on Saturday over in Canton, Ohio. We'll get into that team and that matchup in a second. You know, I was talking a little bit earlier, Kyle Nedenrup of the Star, and, and I always I've, so, I've told you this before. I mean, it, it, it's always amazing to see everybody within your program and really within that area at CG all pushing in the same direction in terms of football, and that's what you have to have to be so incredibly successful as you and and your program and your teams have been. I've always been kind of curious. I don't think I've ever asked. Do you adjust um, what you do to the talent that you have, or do you have that talent adjust to and then perform what you do? How does that work for you over the years, especially to that level of success? Well, yeah, uh, thank you, and, and that is the key, and I hear people complain about that a lot in other places. And I'm well, like, they well, shouldn't. You know, they should not. Go, go, yeah. <laughs> go, go to the fields and watch the young kids play and learn who they are and, and, and hope that, and try to keep convince them. The biggest part of football is just keeping kids in it for 10 years so they can play high school football. You know, if, if you put everything into being a superstar as a fifth grader and you really don't care about the future, then you won't have success. But we, we want to we hope that no matter what, who, what you are, we have a spot for you. You know, in our system offense and our and the way we play defense, and we sort of groom you in to what you're going to do. And uh, we never we never landmark a guy. This is going to be a certain type of player. He may change. You know, a great a great linebacker may end up being a great defensive lineman by the second year he starts. So I you know I always go on everything off speed. If you can run, then we can do some different things with you. You know, we got kids that should be playing linebacker a lot of times to play running back because they can score, and that's that's the big difference. I don't want a clogger back there. I want scores back there. So it, it it goes a little bit both ways, but you know, kids learning the system and what's I guess learning the expectations of what it's going to be to play Trojan football when they're in second and third grade, and they'll carry that all the way with them if you let them and you and you keep that important. You understand that the team is the most important and the program is what's important. It's not what your accolades are. You know, last year uh, Tyler Cherry walked out there, hand the ball off 15 times, might have thrown it seven or eight. Sometimes he'd throw it 20. His number one goal was to win the football game. I always tell him before the game, I don't need you to win this game, but don't lose the game for us. Quarterbacks can do that. So just go out there and play the game. And if you do that, then everybody in the other positions will learn to do that. And that, that's how I think you become successful. That And you just got to be tough. And that's, I think, the, the blueprint of our program is, is staying united and doing the same things for, for the 15 years you've been involved in football. But then when they get in ninth grade, we start really pushing the toughness of uh, toughness uh, portion of it and, and drills and different aspects of our program. And we may not be better than your fashion, but we're going to be tougher. And that's where it all starts. So Eric Moore, the head coach of Center Grove, was with us. And they start on the road against St. Edward out of Ohio in Canton, Ohio, on Saturday. I right, Say, for example, you got a senior in, in Carson Steele who is now at, at UCLA. And the, the opposition, you know what's coming, right? Um, does yeah. the opposition – especially in in week number one where there may not be a great deal of film available for the start of the season since nobody's played yet. Does St. Edward know what's coming from you? Do you change up again with that personnel that you have? Is this different from what would be maybe a predominantly running type of team that you would have, for example, in the past, if Carson Steele were still a part of the program? Oh, absolutely change it. You know, it fit it to what's going to, you know, walk out the locker room. You know, every, no one likes us, so everybody, you know, will give out film on us, but the film that they're giving out is featuring the players that we have. And that's what I wonder, so, too, because yeah. they, it, it, so. it seems like the, the, your focus on players um, is, like, is different. It seems to me different this year than it has in the past. Maybe I'm wrong. Am I? 
Yeah, because we just don't have a, the, the defensive standout superstars, the D1 type kids, so we've got to play a little bit more together. And we're going to use a lot more people. And we'll, like I said, that defensive line, you know, it got injured. So we like, okay, all in now. Let's get all these young guys ready to go and let's play about seven or eight of them. And then we won't be tired and we can all run fast and we're all long. And that's, and that's what they do. Uh, but, you know, you've you got to take it one game at a time. And especially with this type of thing, they, they don't understand how our, like our five running backs really didn't play much last year. The one, one running back, uh, Ryland Cook, number 27, he's probably got the most experience. And he's, you know, had a great camp and, and so far. And we know what he can do. So we just got to get him in the game and, and let him unfold a little bit. But he knows he's not going to be a 15-carry guy. And I told them that we're going to play these teams that are so physical and so big and so talented that, you know, it's going to be okay. Maybe if you only get five carries or four carries and we throw the ball a little bit more, in week nine you'll be ready to go. And that's the whole thing. It's all about week nine, ten, eleven, whatever. You know, it's not about these first three three weeks. But, yeah, they have no idea what's going to come after them. I, although they did scout our scrimmage last week. That's a long way to drive for a high school <laughs> scrimmage. And I'm going to give you the film. We traded the film like an hour later. I said, those poor guys still got six hours left to drive, and the film's already back. But so I'm hoping they learned a lot because we didn't do much. So, But uh, we're, we're excited. You know, we're going to have a really good, talented passing game. I think our five or, our five or six key receivers – are just absolutely terrific. You know, Noel Coy is there's not a better receiver in high school football. He may not be very big, but you know, he can run those routes and just rips people's knees apart running those great routes and it's about catching balls and, and, and getting yards. And you know, I ain't gonna lie to you, you probably hey, no secret, we're just gonna try to get first down Saturday. <laughs> What's gonna happen? And we you know, slow the game down, get some first downs and pop a score in and surprise them on defense and just give them a, a just a truckload of Trojan pride and Great tackling, hopefully, and you never know. Hey, I, I was just laughing because deep down inside, you dig the fact that they drove six hours over here to get film that you could have sent to them. I love you know you do deep down inside. You love that. Twelve hours in one day to see a stinking high school football. I mean, I don't know. I, you might be a little bit sick. You love it. You love it. You love it. Hey, St. Edward of Ohio, I believe nationally ranking wise, they're in the top twenty, whatever that means at the outset of the season. What are you getting in competition in Canton, which should be special? You're at uh, Tom Benson Stadium, which is going to be awesome as hell over there for your kids and you and the staff and the fans. But what are you getting in your opposition Saturday? Well, you know, it's, it's great that the ESPN people and, and the whole bowl thing, they picked the place where we, they switched the venues from the high school at Massillon to, to the mm-hmm. NFL stadium. And then I got to, they picked the day and I got to pick the time. And they wanted it to be the 8 o'clock feature game. I said, no, I want to get everybody's big fat butts up, but let's get up at noon and play. We'll see how good a shape those, those big city boys from Cleveland, from Cleveland are. And then here we have this cold front coming in. So I, that didn't work. So, but yeah, uh, it's it's going to be an interesting, uh, dynamic, uh, you know, big stadium. We hope that the lights – well, we don't matter. The lights don't go off. The lights went out in the NFL game. It doesn't matter. We're playing at noon. But uh, we get to arrive there tomorrow, and this time tomorrow we'll be working out in in the new in the, in the NFL stadium that we're playing in and uh, just having a great time. And get to go to the Hall of Fame and visit. That's that's the feature. That's really the whole reason we went on the trip is to get that uh, free trip to the, to the Hall of Fame and see, the you know, the past, the, the, the historic heritage of the, of the – game of football of real football all right um i mentioned i, I saw the, the initial structure uh, of this the schedule when you, you found out that it was going to be difficult to schedule certainly uh within this area and this state this particular season and i saw the early stages of that on a napkin what was your objective 
to come up with this schedule? Was it just scheduling or was there a, a reason or rationale behind you cobbling this together? Well, having to start so late and just grabbing games. So it started with just throwing it out there that you need a week one game and then San Diego needed a week one game. They're so damn good. They need week one through nine and you know, they grab us. And then when, when the bowl promoters saw that, they, Oh, let's make this a feature high school game. So, you know, they moved it to a, to a Saturday and all that stuff. It wasn't that. This, you know, this isn't the same team we've had in the last three years. I'm not going to lie. Everybody knows that these last three years have been, these teams have been phenomenal. But I will say this. I'll tell them, Saturday, what I told the kids last year, because there wasn't gobs of talent on that team last year that won the state. And that's this. This is your opportunity to be a Trojan football player and a senior. What are you going to, you know, what's your legacy going to be? It ain't from the 2021 team. They've already had their gold ring. It's time for what are you going to be? What do you want? What do you really want to accomplish this year? How do you want to do it? Are you satisfied? Or are you ready to go? And how do you want to be remembered? And that's what we'll talk about again, because that's really the the, the truth of the of the of the pudding is, and what's in it is what what do I want to be? Do I just want to walk through this, or do I want to be a champion like the guys that have walked through before? Hey, does it? Um... Does it matter to you? Do you think it's going to matter to you, or do you just simply not know yet because of the new and the freshness of this this schedule? Um, how it it is going to affect you either way, considering you don't play, you know, a an in state in area foe in LC until September the twenty second. Do you do you know? Do you feel? Yeah. Do you understand how well, the effect might be? It, it is what it is. You got We had to get who we had to get, and uh, it, it changed by twenty five times. Uh, and and then after you get it set and locked, you start looking at it, and there you get stomachache every day thinking about these teams you got to play. Yeah. But we get to play them except for this one, and then we get to go to the wonderful venue tomorrow. So, but everything else is at home. Yeah. So we get to play these great teams. Get to come in here, and we're not going to do it one year. I'm, but we don't have any backups with these guys. We're going to get back to more of a traditional Indiana schedule next year. This is just an emergency type situation, which is fun. The people in Central Indiana, hey, be a Trojan, Trojan fan if your team, high school team's playing out of state. Or out of town next week, come and see the Trojans in Moeller, Moeller, or, uh, uh, Oakland High School next week. So it gives an opportunity for people to see teams that they've never seen before. But then we'll we'll end up being, you know, we'll get back to the to the regular mid conference type teams and, and any and the Indiana teams that can play. So we've already got a lot. Have you have you been year. assured? Have you been assured of that? Yeah, not at a mid conference, but we've. We, we've been we're in talking. We got a lot of teams now that are ready to come back, and then they'll see we'll lose when we lose a bunch of games this year. They all think we're bad, so that's okay. We'll get back at it. And uh, you know what will happen is in my in the hoping of all this, the only light you know the light uh, silver lining on the clouds for me in meetings when I talk about it is guys, if we can you know if we can get through these first five weeks, we're going to exactly know what we can and can't do. And I don't know if we'll see any better opponent. I mean, obviously, you know, then we're going to see in the first five weeks. So we're going to have – it's going to be a great showcase of what we can do. We get to, to the sectional and we can walk and we're healthy, we're going to be a good football team. If they beat us up so much, we can't. You know, I had a guy from the from, the, from this game call me uh, last week, uh, a reporter, like, what's your objective? My objective for Saturday is for everybody to get back on the bus with all their arms and legs still attached because this is a tough team we're going to play. And I'll tell you what, yeah. they can tackle. They block hard. They play – they're – San Andrews is like the Carmel of uh, of Ohio in terms of they've won the most championships and everything, 26 national championships in different sports, uh, six state championships in football, like 15 or 18 or something like that in wrestling. So they're like the Carmel of uh, Ohio. They've, they're, they're good in just about everything. So in reality, you're really playing – you're kind of playing Carmel. Yeah, we call it a Carmel. I, I, I make that maybe. kind of a joke. That's kind of a joke for yeah. me right yeah. there. Yeah. 
Hey, but you know, when you look at we're going to we're going to take this game, and this is how we're going to evaluate the rest of our season. And when we played Carmel back in the year 2000, you take that game, and that's the way you evaluate your season. And we won it for the first time. We started playing them in '99, then won it in 2000. And from that point on, we knew we could play with these guys. So, who knows? We get in there, and maybe we'll gain some great confidence. I don't know about the win or loss, but we're just trying to gain some great confidence, have really, really good experience. And the time we get through week five weeks of this stuff, maybe we got a football team that can do. A lot more things than we thought it could. Yeah, I'm not even going to bring up the uh, quest for four in a row because I know we're going to go with it. So I'll end it with with that right there. Hey, the, the best of luck to you. Have a fantastic season. Uh, we'll catch up more times than you know, but uh, certainly uh, a very interesting schedule put together with uh, a really good team going for the fourth consecutive state title, which is amazing in its own right. Congratulations on all the success and have a great season. We'll get together here soon too. Appreciate it. Usually you call me at 5 o'clock on the day of the state championship. Kind of I'm glad you give me a few weeks ahead of time. Here. Hey, is, uh, uh, is, is Jaws going over there with you to watch? I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. We'll see. All right, then, buddy. It's always a pleasure to talk I, I with you. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Uh, hopefully we can go over and represent the, represent the great football played in the state of Indiana and uh, come back with a big win. And if we are, I may hang out the bus window all the way back. All right, bud. Well, we'll, be, we'll, we'll look for pictures of that, too, okay? Somebody's got to take some pictures of it. Thanks, buddy. Hey, thank you.